You're listening to a podcast on Catholic Saints. This podcast is produced by the Augustan Institute, an apostolate helping Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Hi, welcome to Catholic Saints. My name is Mary McGeehan. I work here at the Augustan Institute, and today I am with Dr. Chris Mooney, Professor of Theology at the Augustan Institute. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mary. Great to be able to talk about our saint today. Today we're going to talk about St. Bonaventure. Uh, so the point of Catholic Saints is to look at our friends, our saint friends in heaven, as inspiration for our own lives today. So I'm excited to share with you a little bit about St. Bonaventure uh, and learn from Dr. Mooney all about him. So St. Bonaventure, he is a Franciscan friar. Mm -hmm. uh, what else, what are, when did he live? What are some basic biographical facts that we should know about him to sketch, sketch out his life? Yeah, St. Bonaventure is a, um, a great medieval saint, um, but not a household name, uh, mm -hmm. unless, unless maybe you live in Bonaventure, New York, or went to St. Bonaventure <laughs> University in Bonaventure, New York. It's true. Um, most people don't know uh, uh, Bonaventure, um, mm -hmm. but he was almost an exact contemporary of Thomas Aquinas, who's much more known by Catholics. Um, but, but Aquinas and Bonaventure are actually kind of two great representatives of two different traditions in the high Middle Ages in the 13th century. Okay. Thomas Aquinas, a Dominican, and Bonaventure, a Franciscan. So um, Bonaventure was, he was not actually born Bonaventure. That's a name he took on later, a religious name. It seems like a religious name. Um, he was born Giovanni um, and uh, in Italy uh, around the year 1221. So high Middle Ages, um, just about uh, t 10 years or so after St. Francis had founded the Franciscan order. The Franciscan order, like the Dominican order, was one of the most revolutionary and important, um, the founding of the Franciscan order, one of the most revolutionary and important events in the high Middle Ages. It kind of turned the church upside down. These, um, these mendicant, wandering friars who wanted to bring the truth of the gospel through preaching and um, the grace of confession to the people where they were. Mm. So um, Bonaventure... I mention this because uh, Francis is so important to Bonaventure. Mm -hmm. So if you know St. Francis, uh, St. Bonaventure is one of Francis's first uh, early, I shouldn't say first, but one of his earliest great disciples. Um, and in fact, uh, one of the most important stories about Bonaventure is that when he was young, um, maybe as young as five or 10 years old, he was very sick. And um, the, the story is that Bonaventure actually was healed by the um, prayers of St. Francis. Um, some people, the legend was sometimes that Francis himself had healed Bonaventure, hmm. but it seems more likely that actually at that point Francis had already died. And so his parents had prayed to St. Francis, and through his intercession, Bonaventure was healed. And so Bonaventure had a great gratitude to Francis, but he also had a really um, great uh, academic ability. And so hmm. he was a really successful student, both intellectually and in his piety. His um, his mentor at the University of Paris, Alexander of Hales, um, said that one would think, looking at, at uh, Bonaventure or John at that time, looking at John, one would think that Adam had never sinned um, mm -hmm. because he had such a great, um, great holiness and, and simplicity of soul. Um, now, oftentimes people think of the simplicity of the Franciscans, their commitment to poverty, their commitment to the, the humility of Christ. And actually early on, 
um, in the 13th century, there were a lot of concerns about whether or not Franciscans could actually be professors. In fact, uh, St. Francis had initially opposed it, but the brothers convinced him otherwise, which was good news for the whole history of the church because we wouldn't have Bonaventure otherwise. Um, because it was when Bonaventure was a student that many of his professors um, uh, took on the Franciscan habit. They became Franciscans as well. Uh, and it was around that point when Bonaventure was was a young man that, that he became uh, a Franciscan as well. And that's when he took on the name Bonaventure, okay. um, which means good fortune. It seems to have ah. been a, a title that he took out of gratitude for Francis and, okay. and his mentors. Okay. So just to clarify some bi biographical mm -hmm. information about the saint, he, his parents prayed to St. Francis even potentially before Francis was declared a saint. Pr was probably, yeah, before he was declared a saint and, and shortly only a few years after he had died. Okay. But they exist. They had a small overlap of their lives. Of uh, Francis mm -hmm. and Bonaventure was just a or John, Giovanni was just a young yeah. child. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And also Saint Thomas Aquinas was. Do you know? Do, did Saint Thomas Aquinas and Bonaventure? Oh, they, they knew each other. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They, they, were they, were, they were students together. They were professors okay. together in Paris at the same time. Interesting. Um, yeah, there are lots of different stories and legends about interactions between Bonaventure um, yes. and Saint Thomas. Um, one of the best ones is that. Yeah, in the 13th century, um, the Feast of Corpus Christi was instituted for the first time. The Pope wanted to celebrate, uh, have have a feast to celebrate um, the uh, the the recent, relatively recently um, defined dogma of transubstantiation. Mm -hmm. So we have this great gift of the Eucharist, great clarity in the 13th century about what the Eucharist is. So they, um, the, the Pope wanted to institute this feast and actually, according to tradition, commissioned Bonaventure and Aquinas, uh, among others, to both write propers for the feast. Now, m some of you might know, if you've ever heard the Tantum Ergo Sacramentum mm -hmm. and things like this, this is, this is what Thomas Aquinas wrote. Um, but the story is that um, when Thomas Aquinas and Bonaventure both presented what they had, um, Bonaventure insisted that Thomas go first. He recited what he had composed, and Bonaventure in tears tore apart what he had written. Wow, it was too great. That's, so that's it's actually, I think, a great. I th I'm very sad by this. I would yeah. love to have what Bonaventure <laughs> had written, um, but it's a sign of his great humility. Yeah. So the two of them, yeah, they did. They did know each other. A, a, yeah. a good example of a. I mean, they weren't exactly, um, you know, uh, side by side friends. They had such. Um, massive commitments to their orders, um, but they did know each other. So one of these great yes. examples of the, how close some of the saints in history were, you know, mm -hmm. Francis having had such an influence on Bonaventure as a child and Bonaventure being friends with uh, St. Thomas. So, Yes, yeah. yeah, and the parallel of their lives is what I noticed as well. Uh, would you say it would be correct to say Bonaventure to St. Francis was Aquinas to St. Dominic exactly. in a sense? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a great parallel. Yes. Um, but, you know, when, when they were both in, um, uh, both at the height of their career, the height of their academic career, you know, Thomas Aquinas, a professor in Paris, and Bonaventure as well, um, both who had very promising academic careers before them, they took a very radical turn. Because when Bonaventure was around 40 or so, when he and uh, St. Thomas were both teaching in Paris, Bonaventure was asked to be the seventh minister general of the Franciscan order. Okay. So he got pulled out of his <clears throat> intellectual and academic career to devote himself to serving the Franciscan order. And he accepted. Um, and it left him very little time for doing the kind of work that he loved and was good at. But the Franciscan order was at you know, it was very early in its history, but it was actually at a very difficult time. There had mm. been, there was such excitement around the Franciscan order that even um, 
several different kinds of heresies about the nature of the church had arisen. Um, uh, the, in particular, this one early Franciscan named Joaquin de Fiore, who was condemned by the church for some of his writings. Um, and there were big debates about how the commitment to poverty should be li uh, lived out. And actually, one of the things that Bonaventure did that, he's, that also, I think, marks his sanctity is he helped steer the Franciscan order during this very difficult time. Um, but always, always mm -hmm. with this characteristic humility that I mm -hmm. was just mentioning. Yes. Um, there's also a tradition that um, a few years before he died, when Bonaventure was appointed a cardinal bishop, um, that the delegation who came to him um, to appoint him uh, cardinal bishop found him, uh, it's either washing dishes or, or, or chopping firewood outside the convent. Uh, and as he was washing the dishes, he said, no, hang the hat on that tree there. I have to finish this first. Um, so the <laughs> red cardinal's great. hat hanging from the tree mm. while Bonaventure finished the dishes. So, yes, yes. Um, and, uh, and this was what Bonaventure devoted the rest of his life to. Mm. Uh, and he, um, to, to, you know, again, one more parallel between him and St. Thomas. They both died actually in the same year, in 1274. Um, also both died young. And they were, in different ways, on their way to the Council of Lyon, where they were going mm. to be theological representatives. So very sadly, um, <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the most tragic councils in history, because yes. it's because of the Council of Lyon that both St. Thomas and Bonaventure died. Yes. Um, we don't know the circumstances of Bonaventure's death, but many have speculated that he was actually um, uh, uh, very sorrowfully uh, poisoned, um, mm. because um, possibly because of some suspicion about his commitment to the reconciliation of the East and the West okay. in a state of deep division between um, the East, uh, Eastern and Western Church uh, in the 13th century. So, Very good. Um, Some yeah. follow-up questions on mm -hmm. all that you've shared. So with St. Bonaventure, uh, what in the high middle, middle Ages, why was it such a fruitful time of these new mendicant orders emerging? Uh, what was going on culturally, spiritually, for it to be a season ripe for these new orders emerging. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's so much we could say about that. It would, it would take us. It would. It would take us all the way back. <laughs> yeah, it would take us all the way back to Francis and, <clears throat> and Dominic themselves. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's hard not to say though. You, you asked for you know what was so fruitful, but mm -hmm. but I think in many ways it was actually what was so unfruitful. Mm -hmm. um, and Francis and Dominic, in very different ways, both experienced. Um, many of the weaknesses of the church, in some ways personally. So, so <laughs> Dominic more in um, seeing the failure of um, the traditional monastic orders to convert um, the, the heretics, namely the Albigensians. Um, uh, and, um, and Francis, uh, you know, there, there's stories about how Francis grew up in a, a very kind of um, wealthy and comfortable life mm -hmm. and um, was very happy to live comfortably and with sort of all the pleasures that his family's wealth could give to him and realize the emptiness of this. Mm. And, and I think actually saw how how comfortable the church had become in its its wealth and riches. And that's part of the reason that the Franciscans had such a charism of poverty. Mm. That was a big emphasis for Francis. Mm -hmm. And it was one that someone like Bonaventure as a Franciscan wanted to take up. So, um, you know, there was the... the the, these orders had such a, a huge influence on the 13th century, but they really came out of weaknesses in the church. Interesting. Um, so, yes, in um, particular, charism almost as that antidote to help solve the, the weaknesses of the time. Exactly, yeah. Interesting. Another question, what would be some of the key 
um, writings of St. Bonaventure if someone wanted to learn about Yes, his yeah. Um, so Bonaventure wrote a lot of different works, but perhaps I, I might mention two of the most famous. One would be his Life of St. Francis. Okay. Um, so in part out of gratitude um, to Francis, Bonaventure writes one of the earliest uh, lives him. of Francis we have. Exactly. Yes. One of the earliest lives of Francis we, we know of. Um, and so if you want to learn mm. more about Francis, um, <clears throat> learning from Bonaventure would be a, a great way. Um, in fact, th there's a, this is another um, sort of quasi-legendary story, but, but um, traditionally... Uh, it was said that um, uh, that Aquinas had seen Bonaventure writing this, uh, the life of Francis, and said, "Don't bother him. Let a saint write the life of a saint." So, um, <laughs> so anyway, but but I think that's actually a great way of looking at it. If you want to learn about mm -hmm. Saint Francis, mm -hmm. um, you can learn from Saint Bonaventure. See how the saints describe the saints. Yes. Um, so this is one, his life of Francis. Okay. That's a very famous one. That's, that's accessible. A pause there. What a neat person to write that biography because there were still people who knew Francis directly, mm -hmm. I'm assuming, who were, Absolutely. You know, were still alive that he could have conversations with to learn about the saint. So a very uh, hopefully accurate bio biography of St. Francis. Yes. I mean, it's a different style than the kinds of biographies people would write today. Yes. More, I mean, it's hagiography as, a, as opposed to sort of a stricter history. Okay. Um, but um, but it's, still, it's still great. Another work of Bonaventure that's very famous is is a more mystical or contemplative work, but it's had a huge influence in the history of Christian spirituality. It's a very classic work, um, and it's called Journey of the Mind to God. Mm. Um, sometimes you'll you'll come across the Latin title itinerarium, okay. which is the Latin word for journey, but um, but Journey of the Mind to God, um, and it's uh, Bonaventure at a very difficult point in the his leadership of the Franciscan order went to Mount Alver Alverna in Italy, where Francis had received the stigmata. Mm -hmm. So Francis um, famously uh, at this mountain in prayer um, once had a vision of a seraph, the highest order of angels, the six-winged seraphs you might recall from descriptions in scripture. And the seraph, through this sort of blazing vision of the seraph, bon uh, sorry, Francis, excuse me, received the stigmata, the wounds of Christ. Mm -hmm. And Bonaventure wanted to contemplate, um, wanted, wanted to enter into that same contemplation and went to Mount Alverna, and that's where he began the itinerarium, okay. the journey of the mind into God. And is that where, I saw he has a title, that is, is it the seraphic doctor? Or the doctor yes, the yeah, seraphic? great question. What does that yeah. mean? <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, Thomas Aquinas is often referred to as the angelic doctor okay. um, because of the great depth of his insight. Um, and, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, of course, Bonaventure and Thomas Aquinas are both um, some of the few doctors of the church that we have, our, our greatest um, teachers put forward by the church. Mm -hmm. But Bonaventure is often called the seraphic doctor, um, and it comes from the, the seraph. Um, the the s seraph is... Um, uh, is often thought of, well, the, the seraph is considered the highest order of angel. In the Old Testament, they're the most mysterious, the most distant, the most um, elevated angels. Mm. Um, you know, some of the highest prophetic visions involve um, the seraphim. Um, but their name uh, in, in Hebrew comes from this sense of burning, that they're deep and tremendous burning charity. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the reasons, uh, there's maybe when, call, when people call um, Bonaventure, when the tradition is called in the seraphic doctrine, sort of, you know, to highlight, well, 
Thomas Aquinas can be the angelic doctor, but the <laughs> seraphic doctor is the highest. Okay. So, um, I feel like this goes but, into the Franciscan Dominican. Exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah. I'm picking um, it up. <laughs> but I think actually the best the best way of understanding this is because um, uh, like the seraph itself, like this angel, so close to God that um, that the angel is on fire with the love of God. Mm. Um, Bonaventure too held the love of God above everything else. Um, and so even, I think you can actually pick this up, even though Bonaventure was a professor, was an academic, mm-hmm. um, a the way that he writes, uh, exactly, the way that he writes always prioritizes the pursuit of the love of God. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, anyway, but this is, um, this is you can find this, I think, in, in his um, Journey of the Mind into God, um, because... The, it's supposed to be a book to, um, like a guide for spiritual meditation, mm. if you could call it that. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's in some ways difficult for a modern reader to read, but it, but it is a, a classic work. And it's divided into six stages, six stages of contemplation, where mm. you start with contemplating God in the exterior world. Mm-hmm. And then those are the first two stages. And then move interiorly to contemplate God through the mind. Mm. Those are the second two stages. And the last two stages bring you to the contemplation of God himself. Okay. Um, and each of these orders, each of the, within those those sort of three parts, there are two stages, so six total. Um, and each of them sort of goes one step beyond the other. So the fifth stage is the contemplation of God, and the sixth stage is the even higher contemplation of the Trinity. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Were there other key aspects of Franciscan spirituality that you will see in his writing of even the way he depicts the life of St. Francis or, you know, um, as you mentioned, the itinerium with yeah. the contemplation for God, yeah. other key aspects of Francis, Franciscan spirituality he really helped flesh out. Yeah, so Franciscan spirituality, it's, um, I mean, I, I, I couldn't speak for the whole of Franciscan spirituality, sure. but one great, I think one central aspect of Franciscan spirituality is the imitation of Christ, especially the imitation of Christ in his humility and mm. in his poverty. Mm-hmm. And... One of the ways that this comes out in Bonaventure's writings is his focus on Christ, doing theology, orienting all your thoughts around Christ. Mm-hmm. One of um, Bonaventure's other famous works is uh, is called The Reduction of the Arts to Theology. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Bonaventure as a, um, a professor trying to give a th- an account of how, as a Christian thinker, you can see all of the different arts being related to God. And that's what it means, reduction of the arts mm-hmm. back to theology, back okay. to the knowledge of God. And Bonaventure had this, um, he sort of uses this framework continually um, of how all of the arts first emanate from God. By arts, it means not just sort of, you know, music and poetry, but all the different kinds of disciplines. Um, So all of the arts first emanate from God, Mm. and then you recognize how they exemplify some truth about God. And then in that recognition, um, you bring the knowledge of the arts back to God in consummation. So emanation, exemplarity, and consummation. And, and Bonaventure thought this was actually a reflection of the Trinity, mm-hmm. that all things come from the Father, that the Son exemplifies everything, and that the Holy Spirit brings all things back to, back to God. Um, and at the center of this, the crux of this, of course, is the Son, is Christ. And so um, Bonaventure thought that really all human knowledge revolved around Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you, you see in the Reduction of the Arts to Theology, Bonaventure thinks of God as a great artist. Um, you know, that, that all human arts, all human artists are attempting in some ways to imitate that great artist, the father. Mm-hmm. And his great work of art, if you want to know what the, the father's great work of art is, 
um, it's Christ himself. Mm. And so this is the perfect expression of the mind of God, yes. um, the perfect demonstration of the kind of artist that God is. And so if you want to know God, this is the way through knowing Christ. That's yes. why Bonaventure said that if you, um, if you know nothing but Christ, you know everything. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a really strong thing for, for you know, an academic to say. Um, yes, that's true. But that's exactly, exactly. But centering everything on Christ was uh, centering all of your thoughts, all of your desires, all of your longings for Christ. Um, and you know, all of reality says, that you gaze upon. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you could see this as a meditation on the words of Paul that we have the mind of Christ. So um, that's what Bonaventure wanted. Great, great. I also noticed Bonaventure lived in this time period of great tensions. Mm -hmm. Would you mind sharing a little bit about how he was a reconciler? What you mentioned earlier with the East, the West, or even within some of the tensions within the Franciscan order as he was the seventh minister. Um, what, yeah, how was he that uniter or reconciler yeah. in his leadership? Um, mostly, I think, by um, steering a kind of uh, level and moderate path. Um, okay. You know, the first thing that Bonaventure did as um, as minister general of the Franciscan order was to send out a letter to all the Franciscans. Um, and it was difficult, too, because his predecessors had s seemed to have sort of strayed in one direction or another, kind of too extreme. And, okay. and Bonaventure wanted to take all of the great gifts of the Franciscans and, and moderate them. Um, and so um, I suppose... Um, yeah, moderation would sort of be the first thing that, that yes. Bonaventure did. We don't know what Bonaventure sense. would have done for the reconciliation of um, of Eastern and Western Christians uh, because he had died before the council. Okay. Um, but it does seem like that was a major part of his intention. Very so. good. Interesting. Well, thank you. As we're concluding, would you, is there any practical takeaway that as Catholics we can learn from St. Bonaventure, mm -hmm. um, you mentioned spirit of, spirit of humility, or any other, you know, last thought about St. Bonaventure you'd like to share? Yeah, maybe we could, um, maybe just not a new thought so much as just tying together two things, you know, mm -hmm. the example that Bonaventure gave of humility in his own life, um, humbly accepting um, the you know, the role that he had because it was a service to the church, even though it didn't advance his career, mm. you know, and he's not as famous a theologian as Thomas Aquinas because mm -hmm. of it. Um, still, uh, you know, hundreds of years later. Um, that doesn't mean he's not as good of a theologian. I just mean famous. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, um, he didn't have the time. Mm. Um, but he did a great work on behalf of the church and the Franciscan order. But this humility in his personal life, I think, flowed out of his devotion to Christ, to Christ. and his mm -hmm. desire to see everything, um, everything through Christ. Um, and this was this was in a way his his, uh, you know, his way of discharging his at the same time his great um, debt of gratitude to Francis, so, um, who lived the same kind of life. Yes. So. Well, saints can you. imitate saints. That's that's maybe a good way of putting it. Saints yeah. can imitate saints in their imitation of of the humble Christ. Mm, yes. Beautiful. Thank you. And I highly recommend reading the biography St. Bonaventure wrote to learn more about more about St. Francis. And how do you pronounce it? The itinerarium? Itinerarium. Yeah, itinerarium. Journey of the Mind of God. I Another only mention that in word. case someone can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for thank you for joining. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we hope you learned something new about St. Bonaventure. And St. Bonaventure, pray for us. Pray for us. You can watch these interviews in video format by visiting form.org. 
formed as an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustan Institute and Ignatius Press, with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, ebooks, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustan Institute, please visit missioncircle.org.